Fiji's military forces are being deployed to maintain security and stability in the country following reports of threats made against minority groups. In a statement this afternoon, Fiji's police commissioner, Siti Veningiliho, announced the move, calling it a joint decision with the commander of Fiji's military forces, Major General Tone Kalauniwai. Mr Ngiliho says the decision is based on official reports and intelligence received of planned civil unrest and the targeting of minority groups. The military deployment comes less than 24 hours after the ruling Fiji First Party made its first public statement since the December 14th election. Its Secretary-General, Ayasaid Kayum, said they respected the outcome of the election but did not recognise the validity of the opposition coalition and would not concede defeat. Joining me to again try and separate fact from fiction is John Frankel, a professor in comparative politics at the Victoria University of Wellington. Frankel has formerly worked at the University of the South Pacific in Fiji and he's the co-editor of the book The 2006 Military Takeover in Fiji, A Coup to End All Coups. Frankel is also the Pacific Islands correspondent for The Economist. I spoke with him on Thursday shortly after the police statement was released. Fiji's military forces have been invited out by um, the Commissioner of Police, Divining Diliho. Um, maybe starting off, just looking at those laws, the constitution, um, what's been initiated here, and, and I guess are there levels to the Fiji military's support to police as, as opposed to taking over uh, uh, the national security and, and running the country because um, the political situation is, is untenable? Well, this, this deployment of the military on, on, on the streets of, 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 of Suva and, and Fiji is, you know, it's got to be deeply regretted. They'll be using the justification in the 2013 constitution that allows the military to take responsibility for the quote-unquote welfare of the Fijian people. The um, appeal came from the police commissioner, uh, Giliho, and uh, uh, what should be the outgoing prime minister, Frank Bainimarama, uh, and and the claims were that this was in response to unrest uh, against minority groups in Fiji. Uh, What Giliho, the police commissioner, has reported is a couple of stone-throwing incidents in the so-called Southern Division, which is weird because there is no Southern Division in Fiji. There's only a a Central, Western, Eastern, and Northern Division. Uh, There's no specifics. Who were these stones being thrown at? And my goodness, why would one deploy the military in relation to, in response to a couple of stone-throwing incidents? Um, The um, Attorney General's press conference yesterday uh, painted a picture of the opposition as a sort of uh, red in tooth and claw uh, ethno-nationalist opposition. But anyone that's been in Fiji recently, as I have, knows very well that the opposition is actually a, a group of, of two multi-ethnic parties, the People's Alliance and the National Federation Party. National Federation Party was a, once a, a very Fiji Indian party, has transformed itself with a lot of indigenous Fijian candidates and also uh, Fiji Indian candidates just elected for the first time, like Sashi Kiran, with enormous credibility on the western side of Fiji. The People's Alliance is not like Sadelpa, which was a largely Itake or indigenous party. It's a party with a lot of credible Fiji Indian candidates, with a, a multi-ethnic message that was all about um, uh, accommodation and conciliation. It's a much more genuine message than the message coming from the Fiji First Party. So all these uh, claims are... Uh, unrest justifying military intervention on the streets of, of Fiji lack credibility. And the timing of them 
uh, can be explained for political reasons, as I can explain if you wish. Yes, yes, I, I, I would like you to go on to that. Also, if you could um, just dwell a bit on, um, apart from 131.2, the, the clause about uh, protecting all, all Fijians, um, there are other additional powers um, available, or is there is there another gear up, I guess is what I'm saying, for the military's involvement in this situation? Well, I think the, the provision that talks about the military having responsible for the welfare of the Fijian people is, is deliberately very broad and has been used even, for example, to justify some military intervention in the strike of Airport Fiji Limited workers uh, a few years ago. Um, it, it's very broad-ranging, and there are no specifics. And we've yet to have a statement for the, from the commander about uh, what exactly um, he um, is intending to do and whether he's completely going along with the police commissioner. Let's remember that it's only a few weeks ago, on December the 5th, that the uh, military forces commander said it, and I quote, this is a time for us to honor the democratic process by respecting the outcome of the votes, he told his soldiers a calling out for the parade. We must remember that in not doing so, you become complicit in allowing injustice to prevail over the most vulnerable of our people. Nothing is more integral in democracy than voting. So at that point, he was defending the outcome of the election and uh, uh, th- these um, claims of attacks against minority groups really do lack credibility. Um, the, uh, what, so why the timing? Why, if they really intended a sort of sneaking coup uh, uh, in response to these things, why didn't they wait a few days? Why didn't they uh, see if there were, was, were more signs of unrest? Well, critical here is the fact that on Wednesday night, sorry, Tuesday night, the um, uh, Sodelpa, the smallest of the parties with three seats that has the balance of power, decided to back the opposition coalition. That's the People's Alliance and the National Federation Party. And since then, uh, the Attorney General has given a press conference. Uh, there's been all sorts of attempts to reverse that decision by Sodelpa to try and pressurize its members to instead form a coalition that would give Fiji first government and would allow Bainimarama to remain as prime minister. Uh, you can, uh, the timing of this is surely integrally related to the attempts to reverse that decision by Sadopa. And I think you will expect uh, over the days ahead, or probably tomorrow actually, not even days ahead because we're quickly coming into the Christmas period, you, you will expect some kind of attempts to manipulate that decision by that small party in order to try and defeat the opposition. Now, I would like to unpack a bit the press conference of Ayers Saeed Kayum. Um, the, the two reasons, one is it's the first time we've heard from Fiji First since uh, the election, and and um, another reason is that he made quite a few legal arguments and uh, to, was at pains to un, unpick why certain things were not valid with the other coalition and the uh, sort of also um, lording it over the media as to the significance or the ultimate decision of the election being the vote for prime minister in parliament and uh, 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 sort of downplaying the importance of or the or the significance of a coalition formed outside of that floor so um maybe if you if you if you could care to comment what what, what was your reactions to um what Ayaz Syed Kayum was saying uh, in his press conference uh on Wednesday night well i think i think he, he accused the opposition of misinformation particularly 
But I think the misinformation is coming from the Attorney General. And basically, he fails to distinguish the legal from the political process. In the aftermath of elections under, in all jurisdictions, there's a great deal of variety in how governments are chosen. Sometimes the Governor General appoints the person who commands, who is believed to command a majority in the House. Sometimes there's an actual vote in Parliament. The 2013 Constitution in Fiji makes this subject to a vote in Parliament. But the Attorney General fails to distinguish the political from the legal process. There's a political process that goes on where of the 55 MPs, um, you had uh, 26 for the People's Alliance and National Federation Party and 26 for Fiji First with the Sodelpa with three seats going with the People's Alliance and National Federation Party making 29 seats. They announced that coalition. In other words, they... Uh, the political process declares that they are have a majority, that they're ready to form a government. They write to the president, entirely legitimate to do so. The attorney general, of course, is right that the legal process makes this subject to an investiture vote in parliament. That's true. There's no doubt about that. But he's putting the wool over people's eyes to think that uh, that there that there isn't a, a lawful government in waiting through the political process before that legal process before the actual investiture vote. There clearly was such a such a government in waiting. And what we're seeing now is an attempt to pull the wool over people's eyes, to deploy the military. Uh, likely there will be various arrests, and, and likely we will see a sort of showcase of, uh, of Sodilpa um, reversing its decision and uh, uh, after perhaps the arrest of some of, it, of the um, uh, anti-Fiji first uh, Sodilpa MPs. Um, and, and no doubt they'll be hoping that the media will not pay much attention because we're just entering into the Christmas period. Obviously, you've just returned from from Fiji. Um, uh, you you've you attended a few rallies while you were there. The the what we've been hearing from our correspondent on the ground is not 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 only um, are these reports uh, of unrest unverified. He's he was saying it. Um, um, he was saying it's 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 totally opposite to the mood. The, the mood was cele- celebratory. People were dancing in the streets, singing, and and that was sort of the mood around this whole period so it's, it's sort of at odds and that is that the sense you got while in fiji absolutely yes i think there was a there there were a lot of people in both communities who are sick to death of this fiji first government uh, and they um i mean if you look at what happened it's been a gradual kind of change the uh, uh fiji first back in 2014 was extremely popular they got about 59 percent of the vote at that point they were doing some progressive things they were um doing things that improved the welfare of people reducing the voting age to 18 introducing a proportional representation system uh lowering vat on essential foodstuffs um, um introducing education policies and policies on buses but after that the sheer attempt to kind of grab power and the vindictiveness against their opponents began to sort of set in even more and began to become more obvious. They've churned their way through dozens of permanent secretaries. They've uh, got rid of loads of their own people. And you saw a major slippage of the vote from 2014 to 2018. Uh, they went down from 59% to scrape through at 50.02%. And what you've seen since 2018 is a further slippage of their vote. They've gone down to about um, 
42.5% of the vote, and the opposition's got progressively stronger. The, all the new talent in Fiji politics has been coming through the ranks of the opposition. Sashi Kiran, uh, Manoa Kamekamitha, um, uh, Linda Tabuya, these are uh, figures with a significant national profile who really do present a credible alternative government in waiting. And now, and people saw all this happening, all this materializing, and now it's being stolen from them, and it's outrageous. And anyone who knows and loves Fiji cannot be neutral in this. This is not a contest between two political parties. It's a contest between the rule of law and those who would abrogate the, the rule of their own laws that they introduced. It's a contest between democracy and the forces of anti-democracy. And you can't be neutral in such a contest.